Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Viking Heads. Check out Viking Heads at vikingheads.com for the website. And check out the Instagram, Viking Heads Bait Co. Uh, you'll see all the cool stuff we're going to do. be doing. Uh, we have some new stuff coming out pretty quickly. Finesse Heads will be back up this week. The uh, Jesus himself is going to come paint him. Bash Jesus. So he was. he wanted to come take a look at him and... Do a little bit of a twist, and, and uh, we just want to make sure on the colors are exactly what kind of what he wanted to do. So he's going to come take a look at them and probably be releasing them this Friday. Um, so there'll be more finesse heads up. Um, two and three ounce this week, too. I might do something where I, I'm going to try to paint some today. And if there's some SBS guys that need them for the this this um, weekend's tournament, I'll, I'll meet, meet up with them somewhere at a shop or somewhere so i can get them some because looks like you guys had a lot of rule changes and uh the two and three ounce heads might come into play we're going to use those a little more so check that out today we have my buddy toi garcia t you guys know miss t from fish hall um we had God, we've done like we didn't do a podcast for a long time but in between the last podcast and this one we've done probably three that didn't get released because Either A, we were too drunk, uh, B, uh, you know, it, it got too personal. Like, you know, so stuff, stuff was said that just he couldn't, we couldn't put out. And then uh, we finally got a good one going. So this one came out really good. Uh, it's cool to see T back at it uh, with Fish All as well. Makes a, he has a cool clothing brand. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks again, T, for coming on. We talk a lot of spotties, Calico, Freshwater, YouTube, all kinds of stuff. So uh, thanks, T, for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, we got some good episodes. I'm, I'm recording all week this week. I got Aaron Graham coming on, uh, Derek Stewart, uh, Bill Pennington. He is a, um, a design guy. He does uh, 3D design and uh, like lure design, 3D printer stuff. Uh, and he has a cool online channel. So looking forward to that one. Also have Mark Kagashi and Eric Lannis find together. They've known each other for a long, long time and have a ton of great stories. So it's going to be fun. That's going to be at Performance Tackle. So uh, that will be fun at Performance. We'll be doing that one. So, yeah, pretty some good episodes coming up. And uh, don't forget the Melton Spotty Turn is February 3rd. I think it starts at 6 a.m. 
Uh, you have to have a bump board from them. Check them out. So check it out. It's uh, Melton's Newport. Uh, hit up James Collins online if you do want to sign up for that. He'll help you out and give you all the information. Uh, if you give us a five-star review, that'd be great. Patreon will be announced this week, and all those the reels will go out to the uh, winners. And I'll be posting some of the stuff that this month's uh, Patreon sponsor is. Uh, it's just some, just some different baits that we're going to be putting up. So I appreciate everyone's support. Appreciate everyone that bought some Viking heads. And I hope you guys like this episode. Man, dude, in like four more months, bro, you're going to be able to see my jawline. You know what I can tell? The biggest thing I could tell when people start working out and being healthy? No more swollenness. You know what I'm saying? Your face doesn't look swollen well, at all, dude. You know what's funny is I still see a fat motherfucker, bro. But I see, I see, I see you like thin. You know, like that yeah. army picture. You know, when it's I, not. I feel swollen. like I'm getting there, but I, I mean, I can, I can feel it. My yeah. old lady likes the cushion, bro. She likes it. She she was like Get some handles, dude. Yeah, I told her I was like, yeah, this is this is 720p. I'm trying to be yeah. high definition. <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Casting Crank Podcast. Today we have a good friend, old buddy on, hasn't been on for a long time. It's been years. Uh, T, Toi Garcia from Fischl. Hell yeah. What's up, guys? What's up? Um, we haven't talked to him in a long time, and I feel like the podcast we did do, he was in his infancy of doing Fischl. So I kind of wanted to get him back on to talk about his business. He's, I think he's got a reinvented himself. Uh, he took a little break, but uh, we're going to talk all about that. So, uh. Tell us about uh, Fishall, how it started, and maybe your uh, what you were doing when you started it. How about that? Oh, for sure. I was working at Save On Tackle, and when I got to Save On Tackle, I guess there was talks of them selling it mm-hmm. or possibly going filing for bankruptcy. They used to have a manager named Roger, and he was the man, bro. Everyone knows Roger. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows Roger. He's He's just a local stud. So when he left, they had a falling out. When he left, so did a lot of the clientele. So I saw it as an opportunity to get my feet wet in the industry. I start working there part-time, like store credits type stuff when I get off of work. And just kind of stayed, bro. <laughs> Savon became very successful, and they weren't talking about selling. What wasn't going to file for bankruptcy. Met a lot of cool people, developed some really strong relationships with people. What do you think uh, you added to help? sales bro sales marketing just a a strategy just understanding where the industry was going at that time and then really applying myself dude i was going on like sport fishing boats and wearing a goddamn save on tackle t-shirt and always on social media two of my buddies who were like my main dudes we were working there part-time as well we all had like our own jobs but we were working there and we kind of built that shop up. They got a new manager in. Uh, I trained that dude, and then he became the manager, whatever. That's a whole separate thing. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think that owner wanted a brown guy running his shop. But it is what it is. I respected <laughs> the dude, you know. Shit, I guess I got to do my own shit. That was my thought process. I'm just going to do my own shit. Okay. So me and my two buddies, we were at Geezer's getting lit. And we're like, dude, we're, we're making everybody else money. And... And we're what we're doing it for baits, like we're doing it for discounts, we're doing it for store credit. So we were pondering on this idea of doing something. 
my buddy James, he wanted to call it multi-species specialist. And I'm like, very white, sir. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can you make it any fucking longer, James? Come on, buddy. Yeah, dude. So I decided, uh, I I just threw it out there. I was like, fish all. And it, it just... It's like fish, all types of fish, all, all the things that, to me, it's all the things that encompass fishing. The hard work, the debates, the, the industry, the, the lifestyle. It's, so that one's stuck. And they flopped out pretty quick, bro. Because I was doing IRA too. We had the coastals coming out. It was a lot of work. It was, it was a lot going on, dude. Trying to run the shop or, or run it how I, you know, I liked been trying to do fish all this was like a just an idea and then i had irod and they flopped out pretty early and i ended up having to do it all by myself i hear that too it's this fucking black magic keeps doing that out of nowhere whatever we, we won't be able to hear it in the episode oh that's cool so they flopped out i proceeded for irod and fish all by myself and it was hard bro <laughs> you know it was hard i didn't think fish all was going to be where i was gonna sell t-shirts and hats my idea for fish all originally was i can create a website or just be a group of us and we can do tackle reviews we can you know test out new products that came out we can kind of like a um, tackle tour kind of like, like that tack- but locally yes i mean this is what i was thinking in my head because there's a lot of ways you could make fucking money in the fishing industry, bro. And I'm thinking, well, if we learn how to use a camera and we started filming on sport boats to, and we learn how to build a website and then we would do these reviews on baits and we would collab with bait companies and we can build a, a like a hub, a website to be able to sell these products. And we're backing those products based on our validity. So not even have the review, but have the equipment there. That way you could buy after your review. You'd be like, you could buy it here. Well, like kind of on the deal. So, so my idea was I would go back to the shop, say, hey, dude, look, you, you hired this other dude, right, who has never ran a tackle shop, but he looks like he could run a tackle. He looks like a baby Roger. That's what that dude looked like. I get it. You, you <laughs> see you see this dude that looks like a baby Roger, and he, he fits the the profile who mm-hmm. you want to manage. That's cool. I'm cool with the dude. I'll help market this shop. Just hook me up with product. Something new comes in. Let me review it. Let me go test it out. I had an idea for like YouTube, but you know, there's so many ways you can make money in the fishing industry. And that's originally how like fish all started okay. on, on that ideology. So in order for you to do anything, you have to have some type of exposure or marketing. And I'm getting so big with iRod, I decided let me just start selling all my like Phoenix rods. And I had some good ones too, man. All the Ultra MBX and uh, the big Swimbait Classics and a lot of G. Loomis rods, uh, a lot of Kessler rods. Like, I had so much gear that I've accumulated throughout the years. I started selling all of them, trading all of them. To- At the same time you're doing this, you, you stepped into iRod a little too, right? I, I was already with iRod. Okay. Right. So I needed to promote the Coastals before they came out. And I, I think I'm not trying to, like, be that guy who just, oh, he's this. But I think I'm the only person who's, not a, like, a non-professional to have had a hand in like his own rods mm-hmm. through, through iRod. Yeah. And Matt Newman gave me that because he, I mean, we talk, he's just like, I, I see what you're doing at Savon. Before I got to Savon, not too many people knew about iRod. 
and then here I am, this guy that's going to all these sport fishing boats, and I have a hand in R and D. Well, I some feel like the, if you're gonna say that, you, you maybe I rod in the the salt, this, the salt. In the salt. Yeah, 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 like locally, exactly. yeah, you know, locally in the salt. Because yeah. if you go to East Coast, like everybody knows what I rod. If you go up north in the Delta, knows. everybody knows I rod. But, but here you didn't. But have locally, a, it just seemed like it was a bunch of dudes. You know, a bunch of dudes that just fished like Phoenix rods or. Like some other popular cousins rock. Cousins was up for a minute. Cousins came out for, you know, it's crazy. Not a lot of people like Cousins when dude, they were out I originally. I loved them, dude. And uh, their, their red and black rods, their Ray series yeah, was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. my shit. That was a cool The rod. only thing I didn't like is they were over uh, overrated, I think. like So they felt like they were bigger than, than they should be. Yeah. You know, I, like, like, and I feel like Phoenix did a good job of keeping like the 7-Eleven was was perfect for me and, and to me to seven ninety four yeah. is the one that I love, you know? Yeah. So when Cousins was out, dude, we we had to sell them at thirty percent off. You know, like yeah. they just those dudes, I guess when they split from the whole like uh I think the seeker side of it, there was like a splitting whatever. Cousins and Seeker were together? No. The owners, oh, I believe. Okay. It was either Seeker I'm not I don't no, know. No, they was, had this the cousins um what are those things they like like the skirted fucking big game shit? They have that still. They do like a skirted tail like on the little big plugs. I'm not sure what it is, but for like Wahoo and yeah, stuff something like that. Like yeah. that. I don't fucking so know. yeah, we couldn't sell those rods, bro. We could sell the the Ray series and some of the jig sticks. But fucking Evan Sally did a good job promoting those yeah. motherfuckers, dude. <laughs> he did. I mean, he does a good job at promoting in general. Yeah, and man, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but. We're yeah. talking about promoting I-Rods, uh, yeah. getting so, into the I-Rod portion. So, Savon started selling I-Rods. I'm getting my name out there as, like, the I-Rod guy. I'm really going, like, all in with I-Rod. And Matt Newman gives me the opportunity to come out with the Coastal Series. And I told him, we got to make something for Spotties. Mm -hmm. At first, he was like, dude, Spotties is so small. I said, I get it, but it's not like you're a Phoenix. You know, it's not like you're a big Shimano. It's not like this is in your range mm -hmm. you, you know what i mean this is yeah it might seem like a small demographic but that leads into people possibly buying your yellowtail rods or your tuna rods like yeah. people graduate mm -hmm. from spotties to calico to yellowtail and then never go back to spotties it's just the the circle of life so we came out with the coastal series my two best friends flopped out on me i'm all by myself with this idea of fish all and i rod coastals you know it's a so I started getting dudes for the coastal team and I'm fishing just about every day lot, while I'm dude. working a job that has me doing 14, 15, 16 hours that a day. You're doing electrical company. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. in the IBEW and it was a, a great company I was working for at the time. A good friend of mine had got me into that trade. It, it didn't work out it didn't pan out. Some dude that was on top of me, I guess, Lil Dick Syndrome, bro, just didn't like me. There's a lot of nepotism in that trade, bro. Mm -hmm. So uh, this dude didn't like me. I told him to suck a dick and quit. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So I guess they hired his like nephew or something who sucked. And I think he continued to suck from what I hear. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Fuck that trade. Yeah. When I left that company, bro, I put my dick on the table and told that dude to fuck off. I went home. And I had called my wife and told her I just quit my job. And the only thing at that time that I had was fish all. Dude, I didn't know how to sell t-shirts. I didn't know anything about hats. I had a website, design, nothing, bro. 
And but you kind of were you pushing the rod hard then? I was pushing the rods hard so people knew me as the I rod guy. But you you kind of like I guess let's go back a little bit because okay. your marketing strategy worked just right. as well for I rod. When I was when I was by myself and I got these dudes to help. I couldn't fish every single day and catch a fish myself. So I'm thinking, okay, I need to get like two more people. So I got Poe and James Collins. All right. The other James I was talking about was a different James. Cool okay. ass dude. And these dudes are nuts. You know, James Collins killing Huntington Beach Harbor uh, on his little boat. And then Poe J. Poe, I don't give a fuck what anybody says, dude. That dude was doing more in a spotty game than anybody at the time. You know, we could talk about some of the veterans or whatever, but Poe was catching three pounders all the time mm -hmm. and he wasn't just doing the typical he was throwing a deep diving crankbait and fucking three feet of water there was only a couple dudes at that time i mean short yeah. pounders let's say doing that you know yeah and then people start throwing a deep diver in his spots the spots that yeah. he normally would fish and people would say oh he didn't fucking I've been fishing in Naples my whole life. Yeah, shut up, bro. I've been going with this dude to <laughs> Naples every week, and I've never seen you there. And yeah. all of a sudden, you figure out he's fishing Naples, and everybody wants to go to Naples, and now that spot's burnt. But So I got Poe, and I got James Collins, and I was doing these giveaways and stuff on, on T Fishes, the Instagram page, and I got a lot of hate, a lot of like praise for it, but I would get like two, three people, oh, this guy's only doing it for clout. Well, number one, dude, you got to figure out a way to market yourself, bro. Yeah, like, period. I'm trying to promote iRod. And so I sold all these fucking Phoenix rods and Cal Stars and Seekers and G Loomises. I've traded a lot of those stuff for, for baits and, you know, bait lots and reels. So I started doing these contests and giveaways on T-Fishes. I thought that was a great way for me to do something good. Because let's be real, bro. Big companies like Shimano, Okuma, they don't do shit for mm -mm. the community bro mm -hmm. like that was always one of my arguments is you got multi-million dollar companies you have so, the uh, one i'll give credit to right now is diala because they've came through multiple like toy yeah. drive but like, i agree with you shimano like i mean i seen diala doing like community work like maybe they do it behind closed doors and we don't see it uh, but i you don't see a lot of like uh diala like they came through with fucking like I think like 15 rods and reels for kids. Yeah, and you and have a shit. good relationship with Daiwa to be able to do that. If you're just like where I was at Savon, I would ask all these vendors, hey, we're going to have this event. Can you donate for it? Mm -hmm. It'd be the smaller vendors, the smaller mom-pop companies that will donate versus the big companies. How many people do you think ask those companies the same thing, though? Probably a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've, at the time, it's like... I totally get it. Yeah. But my issue isn't that they're not donating to us. My issue is they're not doing anything in general from what I saw. Okay, let's let's take it back just a notch, off track just a notch. Okay. Here's my biggest issue with the fishing industry at the time is... I felt like there was no way for somebody to progress in the fishing industry. If you look at all the like top spots, they're all taken. Benny yeah. Florentino with Shimano. I love the guy. I say that every time I see him, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. I appreciate what he has done. I, yeah. I idolize him as a man. And he's holding that Shimano spot. Who else is in Shimano? I don't think they need any. Like, who who do they need? But that's the issue right there. Is they probably don't need anybody, obviously, because they haven't got anybody. But it's if you're just a regular Joe and you're like you like fishing here in Southern California, how can you progress in the fishing industry? 
How can you? You got to go like, to the local mom and pop companies. That's the only way you're going to do it until you build a name. I totally get that. Yeah. That's why I've always appreciated the mom and pops. But I looked at it as like the bigger companies. I saw it as them not doing anything. And maybe that was my gripe. But so instead of like bitching and moaning about it, I started doing the little giveaways. And I mm -hmm. thought there's a couple of things there. I'm doing contests and giveaways. I'm giving people opportunity to win something. I'm giving them an extra reason to go fish. I'm doing something pretty cool and I'm spreading positivity all the while I'm promoting myself. And now we get these couple of people that will throw shade on me. So I started the fish all Instagram. Mm -hmm. That was pre or that was during your idea, everything. Yeah, I, I knew fish okay, all between okay. me and my two buddies. It just never, you know, I never started it. Yeah, yeah. This is like, shit, dude, probably like. 19, 2019? Like eight months. Yeah, it was like 2019. Because that's when I think when I met you at the Lateral Vision um, event. I was hard, bro. I was going really hard. That I, was I, like. I started Fish All in 2019. This idea came in like 2018 mm -hmm. where we were sitting like, dude, we got to do something. Yeah. And I had already started the whole IROD thing. Uh, and the coastals but that the just to get the coastals out that took like like a year year and a half i think right when the podcast like i started in 18 i say 19 before summer is when i kind of got my hands on the first uh, october 2019 is when the coastals were released okay so we released. was that 20 then 20 is like when i started fishing 794 yeah well the a year later we came out with the pose mag Okay, whenever the post mag came out, that's when I yeah I had I had like two or three of those. So when did COVID happen? Twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? No, it was twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Pre COVID, all this happened. Pre COVID, all you, this happened. yeah, right before COVID, all this went. So you've kind of had a different strategy. But I feel like you already had a a, a yeah. little bit of a of a uh, game plan pre COVID. Yeah, when you're working, and I don't want to take away from your game plan <laughs> saying, "Hey, only COVID, you wouldn't have done this shit if it wasn't for COVID." No, no, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, during COVID, I really wasn't selling any like fish all stuff in the beginning of it. Uh -huh. a matter of fact, that's when I was I was working through COVID. I had one of those. So what they used to call it if you went to work and no one else did. What they used to call it something. Uh, oh, uh, a um. Ma like not mandatory job but no. like uh they made it essential yeah essential job <laughs> yeah, i had an essential i was a, an essential employee fuck but yeah through the that initial like the beginning of covid i was working and we were working a lot dude and it wasn't like i was just stocking shelves what i originally had to do in the beginning i was working with this underground pipe crew doing you did that this is an electrical time yeah as well. okay and i was like yeah, and then I had to still do my regular job in the morning and then go work with this hard labor crew, a bunch of Mexican dudes. <laughs> and they didn't like anybody, bro, but they, they were pretty cool with me. <laughs> I brought the cigarettes and Modelos. But, um, yeah, so my idea for Fish All was, like, if I can grow this and I can run tournaments and contests, I can be that company that does things so if somebody wins, they could put that on their fishing record, their fishing resume. Mm -hmm. That was like my idea. Yeah, I had gripes with the bigger companies and I'm probably wrong, but that was just my ideology. The one thing I would say is, rather than me bitching about it, because I rarely told anybody how I felt, I just did it. I was doing the giveaways, I was doing the contests. 
and it became fun bro and i was passing the message don't count your blessings pass them it's something that i've lived by my whole life and i felt like i was doing a positive thing you mm -hmm. know so when i left the electrical company and i i hear i'm with no job right this is 2020 bro i remember being in my fucking grass talking about this shit drinking beers in my old house and you remember when I used to call you about yeah. how bad that motherfucker treated me, And you would me, come bro. after work and be like, this is fucked. And you'd have like an 18-pack and we'd drink in the front yard. And yeah. Fucking <laughs> yeah, you would tell me the same thing. And I was like, here's a pen and paper. Map out your plans. You know, it was we were helping each other yeah. mentally. You know, just yeah. even if it was like the venting portion. But that was that was tough, bro, to, to leave a six-figure income job, a career, just because I felt like I knew my worth. Mm -hmm. I put my money where my mouth is, bro, because I didn't have a lot of money, but I built the website by myself. I came out with a, a drop on Halloween and we sold like a hundred hoodies. It's great. And I was, which like, one was that? That was the rough waves and breaks. Okay. And that design was, it, it brought me back to a time where me and my grandfather went out on a boat, almost fucking died. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it, I told the story of like, this is what this design means. Yeah. And I knew if I wanted to come out with designs, I, I knew that the designs have to have certain meaning towards me because anybody can go on Instagram and type in designs for sale hashtag. And then you can just buy. Well, how many people designs. fucking message you now and fucking go hey i got these designed if you want them i'm like oh, i'm good man like yeah you know i feel bad bro because i worked with some of those graphic designers <laughs> and then they in return went to go follow everybody in the fishing industry <sighs> you know so it's like and that's tough bro because you would and even after that after i'd seen some of this stuff like you said like you i go fuck man i'll see another company and go i just someone has that yeah. you have that like even the the fish hole there's a fucking company that has something super close, Probably. but I just seen it. It's recently, and I think it's like a, it's a just a different like a U, but it's the same thing. I'm like, oh, they saw that yeah, shit. Yeah, they just, and they're they just, new. They're not. It's not like no. a, a, you know, but it's fine, dude. I have has a lot of my shit been bitter off. Yeah, dude. I posted a, a taco baits, and the next day a big company posts a Taco Bell, and I'm just like, all right, guy. <laughs> You know, that's cool. I mean, you guys are going to know who I'm talking about. And it is what it is. Yeah. Dude. I make a last cast. See, I've already seen like four companies come out with last cast. All of a sudden, these companies want to put a Reaper on their design. But you know what? Instead of being upset about it, I just look at it like, you know, I'm, I'm creating a wave, bro. Well, you can see it. It's, it's almost like a, a, a form of like a compliment, like going, hey, we exactly. like what you do. It, and and I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with if some people want to bite, that just means that you have to continue to be innovative. Mm -hmm. Look at the fishing industry, dude. Everything in the fucking fishing <clears throat> industry is a knockoff, bro. I don't give a fuck with anybody. You look at a reel, an Abu Garcia, and you open a Shimano. Well, how many a couple companies different really features. make different, you, you know, like I think there's like five companies that make reels. And yeah. you're gonna see, and I well, maybe Bates is the only one where they do it fucking here now. But I've seen like ten other CNC. Dude, how many glide baits are out there, bro? How many how many spook variations are there? Yeah. If if I take a, a Taddy forty five and a Solace and I turn the irons aside, or in their backside, yeah. And I said, here's a thousand dollars. Can you tell me the difference? You couldn't, bro. No, no. It's just a you know, like everything in the fishing industry is a fucking knockoff. Yeah, it's about who can apply some innovation. 
So when I see people biting, in my head, I'm just like, you're not going to make it in the long run, bro. Yeah. Because sooner or later, either people you're biting off is, is going to fall off, like how Fish All branded a little bit. And then your company is going to go stagnant or you're not going to be able to come out with your own you know, style. <clears throat> yeah. So you never develop a style, which means that customers aren't going to know what to look forward to. It's just like, go ahead and bite, bro. You ever I seen a company that you... you uh you seen where you're going like man that's original like you're like someone that's always coming out with some original shit whose company you could I, think i of. think most i think most company most clothing brands like the big ones locally look at salty crew bro they just put a fish on there salty crew seek refuge and see whatever their slogan mm -hmm. is they absolutely fucking kill it i love that whole story about how they got the ceo from bokum Mm -hmm. I love how he brought his team and he said, we're going to switch over from surfing to fishing because surfing is not where it's at. Yeah. I love the whole idea and their strategy is saying, we're just going to go right off the back. I'm going to contact my friends and we're going to get your shit into Tilly's and Zoomies and stuff mm -hmm. like that. We're going to go wholesale. I love that success story with them. And to be honest, I was like, if I can get to any level, that's where I want to be. So I kind of just like, tunnel vision not try to focus on on the regular guys mm -hmm. obviously you would see some of the the local guys and you would see what they would do but i feel like if you look small that's your aim you know what i mean and fish all didn't have a lot of followers but i knew for a fact that i was selling more than a lot of the smaller guys and i'll tell you how bro because if you order something you get an order number <laughs> <laughs> this shit's fucking no great. i'll get into the science I like, bro. like i don't care if you order something and i'll tell you i've done this shit bro because <laughs> i was an analyst in the military bro and i was really good at it yeah and i'll there's a, apparently there's websites that you can use to see how much a, a website has made uh-huh fine people go look at my website oh he only did eighty thousand, whatever it's mm -hmm. like all right bro well fuck all the events i've did and fuck all the cash deals and all the people come to my house cash rule everything around me bro you know what i'm saying <laughs> cream, <Compton>. bro <laughs> i should have never sold shit cash yeah why because if i would have just did everything through car transactions then i can go to a bank and i could pull out a bigger loan possibly mm -hmm. to, to grow the business but dude i'm just a dumb mexican Samoan dude from compton know any i don't know anything about finances now looking back i wish i would have did certain things but yeah say this company does a drop okay and they have stickers. I will buy a sticker as soon as they drop something. And then I would have somebody else two hours later buy another pack of stickers. 24 hours later, I have somebody else buy another pack of stickers. So within 24 hours, we have three orders, three different times. If I'd see that they have a certain website or they have a, a like Shopify mm -hmm. is their web domain. Which is domain like 80% of the people exactly. that are smaller. Dude. So then you can see the order number. Mm -hmm. So if I order right when they drop, and then two hours later, I can see how many orders they got in the two hours. Initially, if you drop something within the first two hours, you should get the big influx 40, of yeah, yourself. Whatever. And I'm looking at this big company over a 24-hour span. Like, dude, they only got 46, 46 orders. Mm -hmm. Three of them were mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, go ahead. You got all these followers, bro. But you're... You know? but you're you you want to know what other people are doing too because you have a company so it's almost like you have to you have to know who your competition is and like i said if you aim small that's your goal mm -hmm. you know but then you start seeing certain companies they start 
writing like you on Instagram. They start posting around the same time you're posting. They start coming out with like the same designs. So in my head, I want to see if the success that I was doing is kind of transferring over to them. But I geek out on shit like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's like my unfair advantage is I know how to find answers. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes I get sidetracked and want to look at how like other fucking, people are uh, doing. like Liam Neeson and shit, dude. Yeah. I will find you. I will find you. And see how much you sell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what I had to do, bro. I wish... In hindsight, that I, my two buddies that we had this idea with, I wish they would have stayed with me because my mind every day was just, it was going crazy, bro. And I have three kids mm -hmm. and I have a wife, but I have no life, bro. Like my life is just grinding and grinding and how do you grinding. find that separation because i'm tell me because i need that right now yeah how do you find the separation to go like i mean i need to paint these fucking heads it's nine o'clock at night i've been in the house fucking all that's the fucking know? game bro <laughs> and if there's anything that you can take from what i'm about to tell you dude is uh, either slow it down or outsource a little bit yeah you know because I, I wish i had two of my buddies I, I wish i would have had one of my buddies helping me at least yeah. with the operations at least packaging orders yeah see we get drops and as the order comes in i'm packaging that order and originally i did drops and mm -hmm. we would sell out every drop and my idea was okay we're gonna do drops i'm gonna start off with like 70 t-shirts because i built the brand to be able to sell 65 t-shirts 62 t-shirts and half smalls and mediums maybe a yeah like a 4x or something well 4x is sell out quick i got some big well, you boys got, hey you yeah. got like five dudes that buy your shit real quick yeah yeah four <laughs> x's are gone yeah and it is because i offer you know for fucking 25 bucks i don't add the influx of pricing on my forex like my price per shirts i have my margins you yeah. see how much you're gonna sell whatever then the drops went from like I can sell the the sixty, you know, two pieces out of a seventy-two piece order to ninety pieces. I'm ordering ninety pieces, then to hundred and ten pieces, and to next thing you know, I'm having hundred and sixty pieces to two hundred pieces with hats and hoodies and shirts, and we're fucking selling out. Yeah. So I'm building the audience. It wasn't until I start listening to like my supplier, he's like, dude, have a full blown website. So I took all my profit and had a fully stocked website and I felt like I desaturated my market because what I was doing is I would drop something. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, it is what it is. There's a little bit of swim bait hype to, hype to it, you know. When I offered everything on my website and it became readily available, I took away that demand. Mm -hmm. So then I noticed that throughout the month, I would get around the same sales I would have had if I did the drop. But every day I had to stop to ship something out because I, again, I wanted to make sure I shipped out within yeah, yeah. 24 hours. Typically, if you order something, you get it the next day if you live in California. Mm -hmm. And then you have to market the brand and then you still have to come out with designs. And then you pay for these designs and they come out and they're trash. Or, <laughs> you know, if I didn't like them. Yeah. So yeah. You know, people, one of my buddies asked me, he was like, dude, how much, how much have you wasted on like failed designs? And I'm like, about 8,000, bro, total. Since I started Fish All Brand, about mm -hmm. $8,000 I've wasted on failed designs. I still have the, the files on my email, you know. I just didn't like them. I don't like them, bro. I wanted to come out with a. What the fuck is he doing, dude? 
You fucking <laughs> lost in Roblox, bro. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I tried to come out with the Ninja Fish version too. And I know exactly how I want it to look, but I'm not artistic. I can't do it myself. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about like 10 graphic designers tried for that one. It's just not how you want it. Some people will charge a hundred bucks. Some people will charge 250 bucks, yeah, dude. Yeah. And you waste all that money. And it's like, finally, when I get it, cause I finally got one that I like, we're refining it. And I'm like, I would have to sell like a hundred t-shirts and like 60 hoodies to pay back just what to you break did. even, you, you know what I mean? At the yeah. prices. So it, it takes this like toll, bro. And I've been working since I was 11 or 12 literally just been working and working and working mm -hmm. always grinding and it got to this point where a lot of bad things were where i felt at the time they were bad now i look back i'm like oh you're just being a little bitch bro like <laughs> it is what it is there are certain things that are happening in the industry that people at the taco shop that i used to save on they weren't fucking with me. And it's like, dude, if you don't fuck with me, don't fuck with me. But like, why go and tell your customers that are coming in asking about me? Why, why be negative towards me? Because mm -hmm. I left the shop, bro. I left the shop because I'm trying to better myself. You know, I'm trying to do something with my life. But you didn't understand at the time. I didn't. That's right? why I, that's looking back. I'm like, you know, hey, maybe, we didn't talk you know, for a year because yeah. you didn't understand at the time. <laughs> I did understand. <laughs> yeah. I you know mean, what I'm saying? So I get it. Like it's, at the time, you're kind of like, you, I guess that's a hard, if someone's talking shit, I get it, like, no. It's hard, bro, because, yeah. like, where I'm from and how I grew up, if you talk shit, you get hit, you know? It's, I agree. And, it, it, you know, it's been certain times, and, and this fishing aspect where you have to get physical, but I'm the, I'm the type of dude, if we fight, I'll shake your hand afterwards. Yeah. Like, I promise I yeah. won't hit you on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, likewise, bro. Like it, It's just, it's one of those maybe this day and age that vibe isn't there anymore the traditional man-to-man -man combat or whatever it's not like fight to the death but it's like if we have beef bro let's squash it well i think when you were young how many times did you fight your friends a lot a lot like, yeah. you know like everyone did some of my closest friends growing up were dudes i fucking hated and we fought and it's like that it was fine. <laughs> you see Sandy walk by, we're both looking, and he looked at me, he's like, yeah, she got a fat ass. Where, you know, in the sixth yeah. grade, it's like, she got a big old booty, bro. We don't we don't know what to do with yeah. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But seventh grade. Oh. <laughs> and so you so, had to deal with that from, dude, from uh, just moving. Why do you think people got so mad, though? Why do you think people? I think it's because I left. Yeah. You know, I, I, I left the shop, and... Soon as I left the shop, like more people started. You were doing fish all at the shop. You were still at the shop. Not though. really. I didn't. I sold fifty five, fifty six hats that I released at Savon. I remember that was like their first thing. That was did, the right? first yeah. thing, yeah. right? Because people are asking for hats. Yeah. And I put it up on my stories. And I'm like, I'll be here at Savon. You want to come get it? Mm -hmm. And we sold out. Like we stayed there for like a couple hours and we sold out. And I was like, holy shit! Like we got something here. I felt bad because I didn't make enough. Mm -hmm. But then again, like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And the dude who helped me to make those hats, he had gave me a price when we first started. And I even marketed his brand and did a giveaway on behalf of his brand, a contest. Then when it came to pay, it was like four or five dollars more. Fuck. 
and I had her use the profits for the next giveaway. And I used a lot of the profits from the hat for his giveaway. And now you got to pay fucking. And now I got to pay. And he like reneged on his work. Well, he was the dude that ended up fucking with the shop. And I saw the, the just, it, it wasn't supportive, bro. It's like, I, dude, I'm all in for this shop. Like, I'm all, I'm here every fucking day. Mm -hmm. I'm taking time off of work to go to these sport fishing boats. And now I'm trying to do for some something for myself. And I didn't feel like I had the support. Instead of bitching about it, I just left. Okay. Fuck it. Whatever. And you get a lot of failed relationships and friendships because of that. So, and what really got them mad is when I start helping Dean out with his shop. Yeah. So, they're all, oh, look at this guy, shop hopping. Well, Dean's a cool ass dude, bro. And he asked me for help. And I'm helping him. And then they get mad because I'm hosting a, a soft opener, you know, for Dean, and he's How doing many good. People, that was the spotty tournament. Was that the soft opener? No, the soft opener was just Dean Dude, hit me that up. That was a fucking wild opener because I yeah. remember being doing podcasts there. That was the first one, right? I the soft, so. yeah. yeah. So Dean had to shop for like five months, but he didn't really have inventory. Yeah. Remember, this is mm -hmm. like coming off COVID. It's hard to get shit, and here he is starting a shop which is a terrible idea when you think about it, like looking back. So he didn't have a lot of inventory. He had a lot of clothes. I said, let's just do a soft opener. And we crushed it. Dude, you know, there was a fucking line out the door. I yeah, remember that shit. For, for, you know, a small shop in, you know, San Pedro. So I'm like, dude, I love your vibes. We have all these people that's here to support you. And that was going to be like the centralized hub, okay. you know, of like that was going to be in my mind where all these companies are getting together and we're just going to do wild things. As time progressed, that just wasn't feasible. Mm -hmm. It wasn't feasible for me to go there every single day. Again, like I just went to a shop doing that here. Now I'm doing that here. My question in both, not both shops, but Savon they would say things about me. Oh, he doesn't come around no more. I'm like, bitch, when the fuck have you came around to me? <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I always the guy that has to drive to you? Like, I'm tired of being that guy that does things for everybody else. Don't you understand? I'm trying to do shit for me. I fucking quit my job, bro. Like, I'm all in with this fish oil brand shit. I don't have time to just sit at a fucking tackle shop and drink beer with you guys anymore. It's not that I don't want to. It's like I'm at, I'm at home grinding. I'm either packaging orders or I'm working on a design or I'm drafting. I'm doing something productive. Mm -hmm. It got to the point where I wasn't shipping people's out, shipping people's orders. I was hand delivering them because it made more sense. Yeah. Right. It's like if I get 12 orders within the Lakewood Long Beach area, I knew that if if I just wasted 15, 20 dollars in my Honda versus priority at the time was like nine. That's what I'm so that's what I'm going to do because we're going to go fish and. I need to get some pictures on the two and three ounce heads. Mm -hmm. So I know SBS is coming up. And we'll talk about this later. And uh, some stuff changed. So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to put these up. And if you guys order on Monday, which this episode will be out, I'll deliver them to you if you're local. Fucking no problem. From San Clemente to fucking San Pedro. I'll drop them off to you if you're going to fish. SBS. It, you you know? know what, dude? As a business owner, it's dope. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I know it's like, if you guys need that, I could supply that because yeah. I know shit changed. But I get what you're saying. That's like a good, it's a good look too. Like it's fucking. Yeah, wow, if I'm going to waste gas, I'm not going to drive to a taco shop and fuck off four or five hours anymore yeah. and just drink and hang out. Like I'm not going to do that. And it's it, like I said, it's not that I didn't want to. 
But all these people that are saying, oh, you're not coming around no more. It's like, bitch, you never came to my house. Mm -hmm. You know, you never called me to see how I was doing. I was stressed the fuck out yeah. every single day. Yeah. Then they would see me go and fish and they're like, TFTI, thanks for the invite. It's like, bro, <laughs> you ain't paying my boat payment, dude. You know, I barely had enough money to put gas in this bitch. And then you think, oh, just because I know you, I'm supposed to. It was like a lot of that going on. A lot of people who I took out and a lot of people who I promoted, a lot of people that I considered friends. Fuck all the business shit. Just friends. Yes. And now they're no longer friends anymore. And it started bringing back a lot of feelings that I had when I was growing up. A lot of the feelings of isolation. And mind you, I didn't know any of this shit. I just knew something was wrong with me mentally. Inside, yeah. Because I'm looking at these people who are still good people. I'm looking at these people like in a negative light. I'm just being negative. And it all came crashing down, bro. It really did. It got to the point where I'm like, fuck fish all. Fuck this fishing industry. Like, fuck my life, bro. Really. And do you think it's because uh, because you, you put so much out and you don't feel like you got any, nah. any, any return? It's... It's not that I bit off more than I could chew. Well, no, I'm saying was, put out so much support. Like, you you know, like if I'm going to promote a company for. Uh, Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, that's the thing, is no. you're doing it as a friend. Yeah. So you're Look, doing it. You're I'm like, not saying that was the problem. Yeah. I'm saying at the time I was viewing a lot of that. Like I had dudes who I like would say, I love you at the end of the conversation, bro. Like I really saw them as like brothers. Yeah. Who just didn't want to fuck with me anymore because I didn't text them back or I didn't call them or, or something along those lines. And like, I wish they would understand what type of dude I am. I was in the military for nine years, bro. I, become very close to people and then he gets sent off to another state or he gets deployed and even though we wouldn't see each other for like three years two years when we have a conversation it's like we never stop talking that like is the type of friendship you think you write I, yourself I, open too much to too many people i think i did yeah, yeah. i i think i did uh honestly. do you think you did it more as a as a uh well, I guess the hard part is you incorporated all these friendships into your business and you need to separate those two. Maybe you didn't. Yeah, you but know? I didn't incorporate them with my business. I incorporated them in my life because I liked the type of people they were. And I felt like they were on the same line that like ultimately I felt like we're doing good with fish all with the, the contests and giveaways and the positivity. But at the same time, I'm not no like preacher boy. I'm sitting there shotgunning beers, bro, yeah, saying yeah, fuck yeah, on yeah, IG lives. Yeah. Like, 
you know, be, I was do, doing my part to contribute to the fishing industry positively. And yeah. that's what I took pride in most. So when I started to become negative, when I started to think negative, that's when I stopped fish all. This is the break you had, what, yeah. 2022, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Well, like eight late, late, late 2001, 21? Late 2022, I started slowing down on fish all. Uh, earlier this 2023, I completely stopped. I like I stopped. I started working in 2022. I had to slow it down because I ended up getting a full time job. My thought process was like, here we are making all this money, but I can't really grow the brand effectively right. because all the money that I'm making in terms of profit is paying all my bills. Now, I can say that we survived a year and a half of me just selling hats and T-shirts and I had no idea how to do any of it in yeah. the beginning. Yeah. But that's a, a testament to my work ethic. It got to the point where I'm thinking like I have a three to five hundred thousand dollar grossing a year company. And if I play this right, if I do this right, I think I can have a one million dollar a year company based on my growth, based on my analytics and how I feel and mm -hmm. the ideas that I have. So I decided to go back to work. The worst decision I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> because when I decided to go back to work, not only did I decide to do that, but I decided to restock my whole website. Like I built a whole website with a bunch of shirts, a bunch of hoodies, a bunch of hats. I took all the profit, remaining profit that I had into this giant order. And the first time I did it, we did good. So mm -hmm. then I restocked, reinvested, boom. After that, a lot of my shit started to sit. I desaturated, I deflamed mm -hmm. my hype. And here I am driving trucks again, I'm driving big rigs. You don't have time to fucking promote. You don't have Dude, time. I was working night shift from like 4 p.m. to 5, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I got to come home and I have these orders. And I did this repetitive cycle all of 2022. So naturally, now I'm not the guy taking people out fishing anymore. Naturally, I'm not the guy that's going to taco shops. Naturally, I'm not talking to anybody because they're calling me at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And guess what, bro? I'm asleep because I work night shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a, a lot of people who I still talk to kind of understood what I was going on with. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people had me so easily available that once I wasn't available anymore or as easily accessible, mm -hmm they start looking at it negative then they stop fucking with me and then now i'm looking at them in a negative light on top of that i hate driving this fucking truck for 14 15 hours yeah so i make another bad decision i end up buying my own big rig i'm thinking i buy my own big rig right i can make my own schedule i'll work four days a week probably make more than a, a company driver mm -hmm. another terrible decision because <laughs> now i'm working in that fucking truck to pay a thousand dollars for insurance plus yeah. a, a truck payment i'm spending i last year i spent twenty two thousand dollars on diesel total Fuck. you know when i added up all the receipts for taxes i'm like that's a lot of fucking miles that i put on locally yeah, yeah. and it just gets to this point, dude, where I'm like, I'm over it. You know, I'm, I'm over it. So I started seeing a, a therapist. I realized that a lot of the emotions I was having were like backed up emotions from when I was a child. My parents split up. I never seen my dad and mom eat on the same table. Mm -hmm. and they were in, in the streets and things of that nature. And they made their own decisions. And they were very young, too. So as me growing up, they're still trying to figure out their lives 
you know, but I still, I still ate, bro. I still, you know, had so a blanket. So you kind of, you kind of, uh, like a security thing, like you expect your friends to give back what you put in. Uh, because no. you are, how, how did that connect? How did that all connect? Uh, once I realized through therapy that I was having issues of feeling isolated, uh, not feeling wanted because I felt like that growing up as a child, I was a stepchild on mm -hmm. both sides of the family. Mm -hmm. My mom remarried and I don't think his family liked me. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact they didn't consider me to be one of them hundred percent. And they made it very obvious and apparent a couple of times. You good talking about this? Yeah. Okay. And then on my dad's side, they took me in. I just never felt like, a, you know, I didn't feel like I was one of them because it's like right when we're getting comfortable, I got to go back to my mom's house. That's how it was. I was toggling. I always had these feelings of isolation and never I had, fitting in. I have to, you know, really fight to try to fit in or anytime I would have a good relationship. I, I, you know, if something panned out badly between me and one of my cousins, I took it to heart, you know. So growing up here I'm with Fishall and I'm having these friends and now I'm starting to feel these feelings of isolation and all these feelings that I've kind of uh, suppressed, mm -hmm. they've all came back on top of me just tired of grinding, bro. Like all I've been doing my whole life is just work, 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 work. And it got to the point where just my body was like, I'm fucking done playing this simulation, bro. Like I I'm done. And I'll tell you what I did of most of 2023. I would either work or come home and watch Netflix. I could not get out of bed. <laughs> I didn't fish a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't even want anything to do with fishing. And people would always ask me, hey, dude, like, what's up with fish? What's up with fish? In my head, I was thinking so negatively. And through therapy, bro, and, you know, I'm not too proud to talk about this. Yeah. I've learned that I was looking at it from, like, a, a very negative perspective. Yeah. I was looking at people negatively and it wasn't until November where I was making like big, big positive strides in, in the right direction. I, I started to really understand that the feelings aren't real. Mm -hmm. Feelings are just feelings stem from like something that hurt you, you know? So whether that's what feelings are to me now. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that, it's it's my fault i mean like i've told you this before it's my fault everything good and bad that happens to me moving forward or has happened to me in the past it's Your my fault, fault. Yeah. and i've learned to really take accountability and responsibility for that so when i wake up in the morning i see myself in the mirror and i realize that i did gain a lot of weight that's something that made me feel bad but that's my fault so now you know i've been going to the gym every day and i've lost a total of 26 pounds since i started in november and I feel very proud of myself and I know I'm going in the right direction. I ain't yeah. trying to be a Sam Selleck or some bodybuilder, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I, I wake my happy ass up in the morning. I go to the fucking gym. That's me telling my inner bitch to sit the fuck down. Mm -hmm. And when I'm done working out, I feel like during that workout, I'm either listening to an ebook or a podcast, sometimes mm -hmm. yours. And I, I just try to stimulate my brain, get it ready for the day. And I'm also yeah. thinking about what needs to be done. But nowhere in that am I concerned or worry about some shit that happened between fallen friendships. If anything, I wish them all the best. You know, I wish all the dudes that I've came in contact with the best. And I think the real ones have stuck around and everything happens for a reason. 
And I don't think negatively about anybody anymore. I'm not thinking about other clothing brands that might potentially bite some of my ideas. If anything, I'm just going to be proud about it. So I felt good before Thanksgiving and I had a good amount of inventory just sitting in my room. Imagine looking at inventory Shit. for the past year, bro. And that's fucking money that's just sitting there. Yeah. But I had no energy to just post. Yeah, yeah. I had no energy to fish. I'm what they say, you're fucking depressed. Yeah, bro, it was really that bad. So before Black Friday, I decided I still need to start cleaning this shit. And I separate everything by size and designs. And I had plenty of each size. So I just do a six second clip that says comment your your size and where you're from oh by the way i miss you guys yeah that was me like dipping my toes back in the water to see if it's you know <laughs> you still stuck the warm. tip in that's it i did bro and <laughs> we got you know like 300 people to comment within two three hours that's cool so that was just like light bulb this jolt of energy is life that said, yo, you still have something here. Even though you've been away fighting your own demons and shit, like you still have something here. Mm -hmm. So we did the giveaway. I met with the dude the next day to give him, he, he's a three X big dude, you know, cool ass dude. I was going to ship it to him, but I was like, let's just link up. Yeah. He he wins fuck, over $300 worth of clothes and a two speech monorail. Fuck. He's stoked. Talked to dude for like 30 minutes. Cool ass dude. And I come back. I announce who the winner is, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, by the way, in the middle of this reel to see if people really care, right? Because people can see a six second clip and comment. So I make like a minute and 30 second reel or minute reel or mm. whatever it was. In the middle of it, I said, oh, by the way, I just stalked the website. So all you people has been asking, there's some clothes on the website. Soon as I stopped that reel, not even five minutes later, bro, mm -hmm. my Shopify app was going ching, 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 Fuck ching, yeah. ching. And that was the only promotion that I did. That split second or five seconds right there is the only time I talked about me having stuff on the website. So that Friday, Black Friday, I said, hey, guys, you know, these are the prices, whatever, on the stories. That's it. That's all mm -hmm. I posted. And we got a new influx of sales because a lot of people didn't see the full reel, you know. So now we're getting orders, orders. I come back home that Tuesday from Arizona and I'm packaging all these orders. I realized my printer don't work because the ink kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have as many shipping supplies as I thought I did. So it was like, fuck, 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 fuck. But it was a good fuck, bro. It was uh, like we're we're doing it again we're doing it again we're doing it again and and we crushed it that I, you, it kind of ignited your fire again yeah i think if we would have had probably five thousand dollars worth of more inventory we probably would have sold damn near almost all of it because i was only left with like smalls and mediums a couple extra larges from like designs that i had an influx of but i it did really well and for something that did so good, something really bad had happened to me because I found out in California that my truck was not going to be able to be registered for 2024. So I just lost my job. Like Because of what? Would they change something? They, they came out with this new CARB DOT law. So you got to sell it to somewhere. In so I, I had to sell it. So I sold my truck and then 
I've always put into like the social security system, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, fuck it. Well, I sell the truck and I'll go file for unemployment, right? Because I just lost my job because of this new regulation. Yeah, yeah. Then unemployment tells me that I don't qualify for unemployment because I sold my truck. And I'm like, dude, I'm selling the truck because I can't work. I can't like it's not registrable for next year. Yeah, yeah. You know, so after December, well, you could have sold it after December. I say, hey, numb nuts. If I can't register it. Right. Yeah. How can I take somebody on a test drive in January? Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? And on top of that, I knew a lot of people weren't really aware of this. And it was going to happen to a lot of people. So if I was to try to sell my truck, say, in January, there'd yeah, be an influx of, of trucks because there are a lot of trucks on the market right now. So yeah. I felt what was best is to get rid of it now because I had a buyer. And then he ended up, he's going to Mexico with the truck. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is what it is. And so now I don't have a job. I can't collect unemployment. <laughs> And you know what's crazy is just like a year ago, bro, I probably would have shot myself, honestly, yeah. because of the amount of, like, this is significant. But instead, I said, you know what? I have enough to survive for December. I have enough to survive for January. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take December off. And all I'm going to do is just try to learn. I'm going to learn some. Every day, my goal is to try to learn something or two or a couple of things. And within December, I started learning about, like, the editing process i start to really dive down into like the the fishing industry i start geeking out on like statistics or analytics when it comes to what my like that support what my next move is going to be and i've had this december despite not working getting shut down by unemployment and letting my wife take over as the main primary you know source of income for our house i've literally had the best december i've had in a long time and this january we ran out of money way quicker than i thought (laughs) honestly we like you know christmas and the food and the kids being home and spending time with them like we ran out of money real quick and i'm not scared bro i told my my wife's been like super flustered because now she's she's starting to feel she's like but what are we gonna do for february and we got this and i'm just put my hand on her shoulder i'm like I've been doing this shit for years, years, <laughs> yeah. years, years. And now we've we had a conversation. You make enough to be able to pay all the bills. You really do. We would have to live, you know, no eating out. Cause you talked about the balance. My balance was simple. I spend time with my wife once every two weeks. We mm-hmm. have a date night. At least once a week, me, my me and my family together, we go out and do something. Once every two weeks, me and my kids, me and only my kids go do something. Mm-hmm. And whatever time else I had available, that's when I do the fishing side. Before, I was just going doing the fishing side, and I was neglecting a lot to do with my wife and kids. So our relationship was going bad. Well, now it's like, no, my family first, fishing second, mm-hmm. and then everybody else third. But uh, she's starting to feel the pressure, and I sit there like, whoa. <laughs> excellent you're gonna learn and she's like but we i don't make balls like well you I mean you're only working eight hours player you know you're gonna have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and get off at 12 you know do that 12 hours you do that you should be able to but they're gonna rape you in overtime and there's nothing you can really do about it she's like i gotta follow examples like yeah I, I totally get that you can but then you're gonna owe taxes at the end of the year so it's like it's just this never-ending game yeah 
And now you have to figure out a side hustle because you definitely got to make more money because you realize it's not enough. <laughs> and she's just like, shit. What did I sign up for? Yeah, I was like, so all those times I was working 14 to 16 hours a day on average, plus doing fish out, plus being a good husband, plus being a good dad. I've been doing this shit for a long time, player. And now <laughs> she kind of sees it. Yeah. And she's like, what are you going to do now? And I said, honestly, whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Straight up. I mean, I have, I don't want to talk too much about like the future plans of what I want to do personally. Because mm-hmm. I, I found something in a way that I feel is going to not revolutionize, but it's going to be something I know everybody's going to see me do. Yeah. And then by the time they figure out how to do it, they're playing catch up. So that gives me, I feel like it's going to give me like a six to eight month window of me being the first one or really the only one to do, do this. Okay. And after that, then you're going to get people to probably copy and bigger names that want to get involved there. Mark my words, because this would be our thing right Mm -hmm. here. I'll tell you offline what what I'm going to do. But I guarantee you, once I do this. You're going to see some dudes in the same industry that are going to see what I'm doing and they're going to start implementing it into what they're doing, you know, and I'm just sit there and be happy because that's what I do. I create waves, baby. And <laughs> it's a broke motherfucker from Compton, dude, that tries to be original. Um, let's talk a little bit about the fishing industry. You were talking about that earlier. Oh, dude. Where to start, bro? Uh, have uh, you seen recently, like, what's been going on with a lot of these, like, professionals and what they're talking about in the fishing industry? No. Inform yeah. me. So, a lot of pros are upset right now because there's not a lot of money for them. They, you know, traditionally... Kind of like the Milliken thing. Milliken kind of brought that up, uh-huh. and he brought up the more of the business side of it. Yeah. So, like how you have big companies getting bought out by mega companies. Mm-hmm. These mega companies don't care about pro staffers. They don't care about the pros. They don't care about vendors. They just want everything that's cheap. Milliken brought that point up, made it seem like it happened recently. This shit's been going on for years, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a company like Pure Fishing that starts to buy everybody out. Like, this shit's been happening for a while. Yeah. They're just been more uh, detail oriented in who they have coming in and out, and it worked. <laughs> but you get pros that are bitching right now because there's not a not not enough money for them. Traditionally, the influencers were people on TV, the pros, and on magazines and on blogs and stuff like that. They were the influencers. Now anybody could be an influencer. Mm-hmm. Realistically, anybody can be an influencer. Yeah, so you, shit, you have all these big companies that are paying for marketing, which all the pros used to just take most of the majority of that money. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting divvied off to whoever can promote their brand better. And these pros are upset about it. And they feel like it's unfair. And I'm just like, bro, stop being a little bitch, dude. Stop <laughs> complaining. You're getting fucking shitted on by a 17-year-old on TikTok, bro. Yeah. Like, you're getting shitted on by some some go- goober or Guggen, whatever the fuck their name is. <laughs> like, you're getting shit on by these teenagers, dude, these young dudes. Why? Because your old ways aren't working. Let me ask you, bro. If you're trying to be competitive, do you have electronics that are from 2006, 2002, 2008? Are you getting the latest and greatest technology? Latest and greatest. So why do you innovate with the times? If you're trying to be successful catching fish, are you going to use some monofilament that was dope in 2002? Or are you going to use the highest quality Daiwa, Samurai, whatever mm-hmm. fluorocarbon they have nowadays? Yeah, yeah. You see, so why as a fisherman, you get with the times when it comes to electronics and terminal tackle, but you won't get it 
get on the times with like what's currently happening in terms of progression with social they media like and they YouTube. Have to because and that's the fucking fish. problem. So while these kids are blowing up on YouTube and shit, these dudes are sitting there on their boats. Like, man, that um, fuck that gay shit. I ain't fucking... Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Rusty Shackleford here. No, they were like, they don't want to do that. And then now these big marketing companies are seeing these kids with million-plus subscribers, 500,000 subscribers, and hundreds of thousands, 100,000 on, on and these pros with their... 20,000 organic followers on social organic. media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a little wink there. <laughs> I love you know, the organic yeah. part when. You see it, dude. A lot of these pros, they got so desperate. You see them, bro. They got 40,000 followers, but they get 100 likes. Come on, bro. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you, we, we all see it. You ain't fooling yeah. nobody. You're sure big audience. <laughs> so there's that part of the, the industry right now where it's like you see that COVID kind of hiding everything up now it's getting exposed and now it's exposed yeah. that it wasn't uh, you know you have more people that have came into fishing so there's more fishermen right now and then you have all these like mega companies that are providing the products and things of that nature there should be a lot of money involved in in the transactions and these pros are complaining that they don't have a piece of it. Some are saying that the big businesses are keeping it. I'm like, well, what the fuck is a business, dude? They spent all this money to buy all these companies, and now this is their return. You know, because of that, they were able to supply everybody. They're making their money. Why the fuck are you bitching about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look at that, and I laugh, bro. I laugh at a lot of these pros. I'm just like, you guys fucked up. You had a boat. You fished every day. You traveled mm -hmm. all year. Like, if you would have just documented that effectively, you could have been the one million subscribers. Yeah. You know who did it really well? Scott Martin. Mike Iconelli. Palnick. Yeah. Palnick does a good job. These dudes, they did it exceptionally well. They Shit, saw Aldane, the times. Fucking same thing. Saldane, yeah, with his podcasts and his videos. Yeah. His videos are such high quality, and he doesn't get a lot of views and you know, in comparison to like some kid who's like, we're going to Walmart, we got a hundred dollars and he's got $20. You want to know why? Cause it's not relatable. It's not relatable to look at fucking a guy with forward facing sonar, just his sonar costs 20 grand. It's like, I can't afford that. Yeah. These kids in Walmart, it's like, yeah, it's relatable. Yeah. The Guggen guys. Yeah. I can go to the fucking shore and do that. It's like, yeah. Well, you look at a lot of their shit that they post in terms of like the the new YouTubers that appeal to the kids. They used to get three, four, five hundred thousand views every video. Now they're getting like thirty six, forty, twenty six, and every well, now and then they It's oversaturated. Mm -hmm. Everything's fucking. It's because their audience has grown up. True. They're still making the same content for that kid who has grown up now. Well, not the Guggen guys kind of can't went with the times. Those guys right there are too big. Yeah. Those those guys are. One of the, what's his name, man? One of them is actually, he's doing this where he, he travels America. I like him. Is it Josh Borland? Or Josh, not Borland. Yeah, Josh, Josh, John B. John, John B. B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he has like a high quality, like his edits or, or whoever is doing his editing is good. I know um, Zaldane was using Johnny Samora. Yeah. Johnny's trying to is go he places. Still doing it? I don't I don't know. I don't I think so. I think he was doing everything. I don't know. I watched a, a Zaldane Pac uh, not podcast. I saw one of his builds that are the No, I saw one of his uh YouTube videos and let's just say the quality 
that he was getting with Johnny. Not not as it's not the same quality <laughs> as the videos I've seen recently. Yeah. So I don't think Johnny. It's like once you get into you start looking at the photography or cinematography, you start to know whose whose cuts are what and this and that. And I'm like, I don't think that was Johnny. I don't. I really don't think that was Johnny. And if it was, he was drinking that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see these pros complaining, and then one of the hot topics, like you said, is front-facing sonar. Yeah. You know, people are saying, oh, it shouldn't have it. Milliken made a really good video on it. I personally think it's technology is innovative, but it's shitty for TV. Of course. It's. It, no, I think. Yeah. He, I think everyone should have it. I think it's fucking. If you want to play the fucking game, you know you fucking gotta have it. That's it. Yeah, you know they banned the A rig, right? They banned the A rig competitively. You can't use the A rig in tournaments at all. You can't use the A rigs in the big tournaments, okay. right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, just ban front facing sonar. Allow it to be used during pre fishing. You know, it's it's a great it's a great tool to search for fish too. It's a great tool to catch fish. Yeah. It's not like you get front-facing sonar and then you're just out of the box. Like you got to learn how to. You got to learn how to fucking use yeah. it. Eric, Eric UFO is killing it right now yeah. where he's at. I mean, people fucking like I see him catch all the time. Like, dude, he's <laughs> fucking killing it. Cool, rightfully yeah. so. It's he's using the technology. He's not doing anything like super competitive, so it doesn't matter. But on TV, we see these guys just look at the screen all day. It sucks. And then these boring ass, these same boring ass motherfuckers looking at their screen are the same ones complaining that they're not getting paid enough. It's like, bro, you're marketing that sonar. Yeah, you, you're, yeah. you're not relying on the baits. You're relying on that fucking sonar. I'm sure they're, they've, the fish have gotten used to it just like anything else. And it's not like, um, it's got to be there. That advantage has to be, it's there, but it's not like what it was maybe like three years ago. Front facing sonar, what it's done. The hardest fish to catch traditionally for largemouth bass has always been the suspended fish. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, Texas rig baits and Carolina rigs and jigs were so popular. Slow rolling the hood was so popular. Casting and believing a depth's 250. It's like people who cast that bait nine out of ten times, unless you're Butch Browning, you know that body of water. You know where the fish are going to be at. You know where to cast because... The, where the sun's at like he's just a nut at that place mm -hmm. then you can be effective when you target these fish that are suspended and in top water frogs and spooks and so forth and then people will burn bank but traditionally like the middle of a lake just the open water of nothingness Nothing. where everybody's going 60 70 miles yeah they've discovered what front-facing sonar that that's where a lot of the big ones live. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at like Milliken, he's fishing uh, JB Thomas was one of the big. It's it's one of the best big bass fisheries in Texas, mm -hmm. right? So he's fishing this place. Uh, I think Zaldane just fished it in one of his videos too. The water looks like chocolate milk. It's a place I want to go fish, but they got fucking giants in there. Yeah, this yeah. dude named Josh, he's killing it over there. He caught like a forty pound limit. And uh, Saldane didn't catch anything. Cause Josh Jones or Josh Jones, might, okay. yeah. So dude's fucking. The guy's him. the fucking mad scientist with the fucking sonar, though. Like he right. knows it so good, and that's good, bro. Yeah. You know yeah. that's because everybody has. Like I don't get why people are complaining about everybody who is fishing competitively. They all have the same opportunity to get that. Maybe their sponsors didn't pay for it, but like if you're serious about it, you're gonna have to go with the time. That's the thing that I don't understand either. Is like everyone has it, so why even complain? Yeah, if everyone, even, yeah, the whole plane. If everyone even. have it, if 150 boaters go out there, and let's just say. 
a hundred of them have front facing sonar. Well, that's kind of an even playing field between the hundred. So why complain? I would say derbies, I'd be more pissed off. So like, you know, the ABA would be like, if half the field has it, you're fucked. Yeah. You know, that could make, be a game changer. Do I thought about getting it for saltwater, but I fear there's just too much going on with the sardines and bait fish. And I've heard a couple guys have figured it out. A little. Yeah. Well, with, with electronics like side imaging, if you didn't know how to dial down your sonar, you're going to see fucking everything. And it's yeah. going to be a blob. Yeah. And I was able to t- turn it down to where the only thing I saw was the fish that I was targeting in the salt, at least. Mm-hmm. Freshwater was kind of the same thing. I would tell people, if you don't see orange, I ain't stopping, bro. Like, <laughs> that's just that's just it. Yeah. But um, I think professionally, they should get rid of front-facing sonar during the event. Mm-hmm. Because now it's like you're a professional, dude. You're, you're of the highest echelon, bro. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We want to. We want you to interact with the like a Kevin Van Dam, bro. He stopped fishing a tournament because he hooked himself, and he made a video out of it. Like, <laughs> but that was a good live moment to yeah. show the realities of what fishermen go yeah, through. Yeah. But just we're gonna check into Rusty Chocolate, and he's just like this the whole time it's so fucking boring bro and it's just they came out with a stat that said that you know viewers went down but one of these podcasts said that viewing is actually up which is a good thing but it's i don't feel like it's sustainable for our youth to really be interested in it do you think i mean there's not there's a lot of guys looking at youtube anyway they're not watching the tournaments as much anymore because there's too much shit there's too much media like we can go watch the done down version on YouTube after and see all the good shit. And then that's it where we yeah. don't have to fucking watch the whole thing. Well, My biggest gripe about the whole Bassmasters and stuff is like, if you didn't watch it on TV, you see it on Facebook, you see who won, you uh-huh. see who's placing, you see day two results, day three results. So when you see these, it's like, why would you want to like football? For instance, I'll, I'll give this example. If I saw that, you know, the Cleveland Browns just beat somebody and Joe Flacco through fucking five touchdowns or yeah. four touchdowns or whatever it is, I'm not going to go back to rewatch the game because I already know the end result. Well, you see that same thing with like my son with basketball. Yeah, he knows he watches the YouTube highlights of everything. That's all he watches. So it's like, even fucking some of the guys he like watches, it's not the pros. It's ball is life. The fucking mm. guys, whoever clamp God, whoever the fuck it is. Yeah, that's who he's watching. Not fucking you know whatever pro it is. Steph, I mean he loves yeah. Steph Curry, but he's watching these guys play on like a because the entertainment sport. value of how they market themselves exactly, and what yeah. they show yeah, yeah. is dope. The fishermen, the pros haven't really. They don't. I don't feel like they don't understand that. It's like you're not entertaining. Well, you got the dude, newer you know? like the the and Maddie Wong does. I think he does a great job. Like doing the video still capture fish shit and doing, yeah. you know. He's he's doing more of his vlog series. Yeah. And he's branding himself really well. I mean, who doesn't like Maddie? I think as far as just a human being in general, I think that first is dope. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do wish Maddie would get like 100, 200, 300,000 views per video. And that's something that he has to figure out right there. That's a hard one to figure it, out. Man. It is. Yeah. It, it it really is because he's out there and he's filming. He's going fucking hard on YouTube, and some mm-hmm. of his videos get a lot of views. A lot of them, you know, he's hanging around that that smaller threshold in views. And I hope he figures it out. I mean, I have so many ideas for videos, and I've been studying a lot on YouTube, and it's something that I want to get into myself mm-hmm. because. 
it's all an analytical to me. I've turned into a nut. I see what people are doing. I'm seeing the thumbnails they use. I see their titles. Yeah, I see their intros. And then you correlate to that to what Mr. Beast is saying, who's the biggest YouTuber in the planet. And then you realize, you go back and watch these same videos, like these are all the mistakes they're making. There's no hook. Yeah. You know, it's like if you don't have a huge subscriber base and you make these videos, if your intention is to grow and get views and subscribers, well, that means you need to make videos for people who's never met you before, who's never seen you before. Mm -hmm. And that has to be displayed in like the first 30 seconds. Your video should have some type of storyline to it, some type of impactful or insightful, entertaining value for somebody who doesn't know you. But a lot of the guys, they just make videos for the people that currently follow them. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's dope. And I, if that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. But in order to grow, you have to appeal to the people who have never seen your shit. And I'm translating that with fish all too, because now moving forward, I'm going to make new designs, but I'm, my main focus is to try to increase my audience and go back to drops or just do drops. And I'm going to start back with like 50 shirts and like 30 hoodies and like 20 hats. That's going to be my next drop somewhere around there, yeah. maybe a little more depending on if I can get this stuff better. That's going to be my next drop. And if it sells out, then I know, okay, we're going to bump it up to like 70 shirts mm -hmm. and 50 hoodies and like 40 hats. But the drop idea works good. For but the you. drop idea for you, works for me for you, because yeah. it's like it allows me to do one drop a month, right? And then so there's work involved to get that drop going. And then once I receive the drop before I'm dropping it, it's my job to market it. Mm -hmm. So I have to create the value there for people to want to buy it. And then I drop it. And hopefully if you sell out or not, that's determined by how well you market it, mm -hmm. you know, and that's going back to the pros. You're a brand. And with any business or brand, you're only as big as your marketing value. Mm -hmm. And if you just think that people have to give you money because you're a professional, well, that's why you're getting left behind. That's how I feel about what's currently that that topic with the pros. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, you didn't do, you thought that if you grind your way and you make it to the top spot, you being on TV, that was good enough for you to get on the endorsements. And that worked pre-2015 and before. Yeah. But now you're competing against these fucking YouTubers and these TikTokers and these social media guys on Instagram and so forth. You, you're competing against them and they're getting hundreds of thousands of views and millions of views on these short-term videos. Yeah. So that's your competition. Your competition no longer is just you pro versus this pro. It's you versus this pro when it comes to the tournament side to cash a check. And now you versus this tournament pro versus these influencers. So with any business, any brand, you have to figure out a way to market yourself and stand out. If not, you get left behind. It's simple business. You can't be mad at the big businesses because they ain't paying you. Yeah. You should be mad at yourself because you haven't figured it out and this 17-year-old kid did, period. Then going back to the fish oil brand stuff, I've really understood that. And like I said before, it, anything good or bad that happens, it's my fault. So if I come out with a drop and it doesn't hit, it's my fault, bro. But I'm not going to be a little bitch about it. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I'm going to see where I fucked up. I'm going to see what fix I could it, have did. Bit. It, yeah. Was it hashtags? Was it times of days that I posted? These are the analytical things that I have to do to be successful. And hopefully, if I do this for, you know, because I do plan on dropping here in February, Hopefully in the next 11 months, I can see my growth. You know, I can see where we're at. And if I start off with like 50 t-shirts and 30 hoodies and 20 hats or 70 t-shirts, mm -hmm. 50 hoodies, whatever I decide to start with, 
versus in December in January, we can have this conversation. You'll again, know, you'll have, I can tell you'll you have exactly a pattern. Like, here, dude, yeah. you know, I did this. This is what I did. And look where I'm at now. Yeah, These yeah. are my drops because I still believe in my heart that I can make a good living running fish all the way I want to with still doing contests was still doing these things that could help people or get mm -hmm. people stoked to fish, right? And then make enough uh, way, a livable wage to provide for my family and take that burden off my wife and gives me time to go do other endeavors, bro. Mm -hmm. I, to be honest, I love photography. I love cinematography more yeah. than I love fishing right now. I don't <laughs> know what it is, bro. I was talking to my wife about it and I told her, I think I just like learning. Like I, I honestly, I like stimulating my brain. That's why I love fishing initially because my brain goes all fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Right? Thinking, thinking, thinking. But then when I go fishing, it's like, do they want it fast? Do they want it slow? Fuck, what's the water temperature? What's the surface temperature? What's the moon phase? What's the barometric pressure system? Oh, did it drop? Is it rising? Is it stagnant? I start looking at water clarity, water depth. You know, are the fish on the bottom or the top? My mind goes fucking crazy. And mm -hmm. after an hour of fishing... My mind gets mentally exhausted and all those thoughts I have start to dim down to one idea that this is what I'm going to throw. This is my best possible outcome. My mind goes fucking blank. And now I can be rational. Now I can think about what's important. Now yeah. I can be focused yeah. and spend that time fishing to figure out what it is I need to do next. Yeah. And that's why I love fishing. Fishing hasn't done that for me no more because I'm thinking about how can I promote this hurt, shirt or this That's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucking hard. So when we talk about fishing, let's talk a little bit about calico fishing since you're a big calico dude like me. You love it. Um, how have you seen it change over the last five years? You get a couple of good catches every year, but it definitely isn't like how it was two, three, four years ago. You think it's just pressure. Well, we did go through a, um, like PV, we did go through a change in the kelp. Yeah. Kelp starting to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think all the fish came back. No. And my whole idea is like the fish, the calico left. Now, where did they go? You know, they haven't left San Deeper, Clemente. Deeper, you know, yeah. Yeah, they haven't left San Clemente. You know, I always, SBI is something that Santa Barbara, like, I've been more stoked to go out to like Ventura. I feel like a lot of those calicos went out there and I, I don't see a tremendous amount of people fishing calico anacap and all those They're other so islands right now the people listening from ventura i don't give a fuck dude <laughs> brian There's, evans is gonna yeah. yell at you that's cool i mean <laughs> plenty of fish in the sea right you know, that's, that's why it's the same but locally bro there's still big ones to be caught yeah and it seems like every year i've been i've done good enough to to squeak out you know some eights and some nines or a bunch of sixes yeah. sevens but i've noticed it's harder bro and it's harder you think that maybe maybe what they're seeing as well like every they're seeing that fucking swim bait over and over they're seeing that yeah. whatever it might be like yeah well if you're saying that then i think we're both in agreement that there are still a lot of fish here I talked to my buddy, Matt Drano, he dies for your lobster. Mm -hmm. And he tells me what he sees is just crazy. I wonder like, what it is. And it's gotta be fucking bait presentation. It could be. Mine. I mean, the same thing with largemouth bass, bro. It's like a lot of these fish have been caught. A lot of these fish have been seen. That's why. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. People hate me, but I think people should keep largemouth bass. I think, you know, with, with like calico and sand bass, I think there should be more people taking fish home after they go on a fishing trip. Yeah. And a lot of bass guys will flame me for that. But like, look at the largemouth bass scene. You know, I used to fish park lakes and golf courses. And, you know, have you ever caught a, a bass that has a head of like a seven or eight? but weighs like three pounds, yeah. four pounds, yeah. super skinny. BBL, yeah. It's like, why did that happen? Did the forage go yep. down or something? No, it's just what happens is these bigger fish, they can't compete with these smaller grade fish. So they naturally will adapt to their livable situations. Then you, that same body of water, I catch a two pounder that's fat. Yeah. So that tells me that that two pounder is just faster than that bigger fish and it's just been eating a muck. Echo is a prime example of that. You can cool. catch a two, three pound largemouth bass and it's a healthy looking bass, but then you catch a six pounder or seven pounder, but it only weighs like three, four pounds because it's long and skinny yeah, and yeah. old and beat up. And I'm just like, why, why did this happen? Well, it's cause that fish grew old, got bigger, couldn't, couldn't keep, keep up. up. Yeah. So now it's like a missile. It looks like a fucking, <laughs> it looks like this audio jack right here, just <laughs> fucking long and skinny with a big head, bro. My, my my dick <laughs> mushroom head yeah fuck dude <laughs> um why didn't you ever why don't you ever fish calico tournaments i mean you have the boat now you had it for a while well i mean look at what i was doing bro i had doing all this shit with irod and coastals right i'm doing fish all brand and yeah. i'm you know all my efforts went into that yeah i used to fish tournaments like aba and yeah. national and yeah. stuff like that and i had a really my best friend jason johnson he me and him was he sucked <laughs> he sucked bro he but but he's gotten way better throughout the years but when i would fish with him i didn't care if we placed or not i didn't care if we did better. like he it was just so when he moved to monterey i i who's gonna be my partner mm -hmm. who's gonna be my partner that was like that was the biggest thing and i didn't feel comfortable asking any if somebody came up to me and said i want you to be my partner let's fucking do it yeah. That person, one, has to have their own boat, okay? Because if you just want to come fish with me because I have a boat, right, that's not going to work. Yeah, You need to have a boat, too, because you need to be on the water <laughs> when I can't be on the water, and I can be on the water when you can't be in the water. Yeah. But you see, that's added pressure. Yeah, And then now I'm not going to do SBS because there's all these, like, regulations. And <laughs> Dude, if I, if I spend $70,000 on a boat and I have – twelve thousand dollars worth of rods reels and terminal tackle and i have ten thousand dollars worth of electronics i did all this bro and i spent all this gas to go and fish the wall and spend all this gas for pre-fishing and i come and i finally win and they give me like a twelve hundred dollar check fuck that bro <laughs> fuck that noise dude nah the, it's, it doesn't intrigue me mm -hmm. now it may work for everybody else because of their positions but for me it just doesn't work it doesn't make any sense I've talked to you about this. I wanted to host a, a calico tournament or yeah, I want a, an event, right? I told you I want to mm -hmm. do this event. 
and I want whoever went first place to get ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That right there, ten thousand dollars right there, it'll get. But then I get a lot of people. Oh well, SBS might say this, or they might say this, and these guys don't show up because Mike Lane is gonna fucking fish. Oh my god! <laughs> and I realize, man, what a bunch of fucking pussies, dude. It's ten thousand dollars, bro. And you get all these for every positive, you know, and this is my fault again, right? Because I allowed people to sway my judgment and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So for this year, yeah, I would love to do something like that. I would love, even with your help too, bro. I seen, well, like I know Aaron Graham's doing a cool one on the boat or doing something where it's like a bass one, a halibut one, a little derby. Like, so, I mean, there's a lot of cool shit happening. That Melton's one's going to be cool. Uh, I think the Ghoulie Jigs are, are uh, anglers. I, f- I forgot which one he does. Yeah, I, that one's cool. The spot. There's a lot of tournaments this year. That's good. Yeah, so it's you, you it's know, cool. I, and that's, I, I think that's dope. Like the spotties and all that stuff. But I want to make a bang, bro. I want to see who the best is. I want to get him a trophy. I want to take a picture. Look, man, if I can't be that guy that walks up a, a forest wood state, you know, if I can't be the guy to get that trophy because yeah. it's just not yeah. feasible for yeah. me. Right. That was my dream earlier. Like I thought about that and I was like, I can do this. I can compete against these people. I'm I know if I just commit one million percent, I can do it because I was successful at catching fish on my own, doing my own thing. Yeah. I just didn't have the support system to do it. You know, Kevin yeah. Van Dam say he was laying tile and he looked told his wife, I don't want to do this. I want to fish tournaments. And his wife was like, You go do it. <laughs> I quit my job and told my wife I wanted to. I'm gonna go be a professional tournament angler. She'd be like, "What, <laughs> bitch? We got three kids, out. you know. It's, <laughs> you know, and it's nothing wrong with my wife for feeling that way. But it just if you don't have that support system, you ain't. You either got to be the single dude that invests his whole life onto it. So if you're young, single, bro, travel America. If you, you know, there's massage parlors everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's or like, you got to be have the money or the business. Yeah, you could. Or you go all in with social media and YouTube. You figure out a way, dude. It's just mm-hmm. like if you're fishing every single day and you feel like you're not where you want to be at life, maybe take a couple of days off fishing and then use that time that you would have went fishing to go learn something. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed at what you find out and how easy it is it could potentially be to make money. You're doing Viking heads. You're doing this podcast. These things, it's like these are money makers. Mm-hmm. If I start a YouTube channel, I want to talk about these things too, and mm-hmm. and I'm glad we get to talk about that right now. And me mentioned massage parlors; we should legalize that. You know, <laughs> think about how many less, like you know, how many less killings there would be. <laughs> think about it, if guys, like if it was legal, Wait, you bro. Say post nut syndrome or something. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's just like if you had a really bad day. Like, uh, think about how many men feel unappreciated. <laughs> Imagine you go to work and it's just like shitty ass day where you come home and set and your wife, she's like, babe, I know you're frustrated. Here you go. And you look at it and it's a, a, a massage parlor with a happy beginning. <laughs> Dude, that's the best thing she could give you, bro. Because it's like, you know, you've been in a relationship for a long time. Maybe they don't want to put out, you know, as much frequency as you do. You know what I mean? And she said, like, I appreciate you. I love you. I know you need this. Go relax, babe. <laughs> fucking crazy bastard and then when you're done bro they come on there's a cheeseburger right there it's like (laughs) you imagine how many people how many dudes wouldn't kill themselves if they would have just got a (laughs) massage parlor (laughs) crazy bitch i know dude i'd be fishing when my mind goes blank it's just like legalized massage parlors then you start thinking of a whole plan um (laughs) let's 
Let's uh, plug everything. There, the Sea Fish Hall. Uh, if you start a YouTube channel, you have anything, let's plug away. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm to you guys. You already know about Fish Hall. As long as you understand where my mindset is with Fish Hall, I just kind of want to do things that I like. And I fish I rods not because I'm sitting here trying to sell rods or anything like that. It's because Matt Newman sat down and talked to me for hours. And I respect the man not only as a fisherman, but I can call him a friend. I can call him right now and he'll answer and give me some life advice. And I rock I rods because they just work for me. And he's a good friend of mine. But I just want to leave you guys with two things. Just... If you're not where you at want to be, where if you're not where you want to be at in life right now, take a step back, look in the mirror and just take some accountability. I'm not sitting here saying you need to bash yourself, but it's okay to reflect and take a step back. And it's okay to love yourself and be selfish for yourself if you're trying to pursue something that's going to benefit yourself. And the last thing I want to leave you guys with is don't count your blessings, pass them. It's not about what you got, it's about what you can give. This world would be a lot better place if people decided to give rather than to receive. Think about it. You walked outside and everybody had that giving mindset. I think this world would be a, a better place for not only the fishing industry, but for our youth growing up in the future. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Nice Thank you. Nick. Nice catching up, bro. Let's go fish tomorrow. Yep. <laughs>